Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon Holiday Extravaganza. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. All month long, I'll bring you interviews with authors chatting about their holiday-themed cozies. You'll also hear authors sharing their special holiday memories. And you'll find holiday photos and recipes on the podcast Instagram. Happy listening. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. My guest today is Edith Maxwell, who also writes as Maddie Day. She joins me in the corner to chat about Candy Slane Murder, a country store mystery. Welcome, Edith. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Alexia. Candy Slane Murder is the eighth country store mystery. Someone in South Lake in Indiana has landed on Santa's naughty list. So what's happening this holiday season? <laughs> um, well, there's a fire in a house and um, my protagonist, Robbie Jordan, owns uh, Pans and Pancakes, the country store restaurant where she has a breakfast and lunch restaurant. Um, and uh, her boyfriend is an electrical lineman and there's a big storm and a lot of wind. And then this fire happens. So he's up in a, like a bucket truck or something, tr- fixing the wires. And he looks down into the attic of this house that is burned. Um, and the firefighters have opened up the roof and there's a skeleton in the attic. He lets Robbie know, of course. And um, turns out the woman had, or no, it turns out the, the wife of the man who owns the house had disappeared 10 years before or some years before. And people thought she ran off somewhere. Um, so then there's questions, is this her skeleton? And a couple, uh, shortly thereafter, um, she has a twin who lives in town. The twin is found murdered in her bed. So Robbie gets involved. <laughs> As, as our amateur sleuths do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, a, a skeleton and a wife missing for a decade. That sounds a, like a lot of the cold case true crime podcasts I listen to. I mean, that, that's straight out of Dateline. So what inspired you to incorporate a cold case into your cozy mystery? Well, you know how it goes writing cozies. We, we don't really want the Cabot Cove syndrome where nobody wants to come to town because someone will be murdered. And I thought, well, let's have a murder 10 years ago. Um, so that's a spoiler alert. <laughs> the skeleton was in fact murdered. Um, and then I ran, you know, I kept writing. And in fact, um, I think it's in this book, the detective, Uh, I read about this in real life. Like there are certain people who um, work on cold cases and they have like a deck of cards with each one has a different cold case on it. And they just to keep track of them and to pick one and work on that one. So I put that into this book. So there's a detective that like really focuses on cold cases. She has a deck of cards like that. And then as it happens uh, with many of us authors, sometimes we get a bit bogged down in the middle of the book. And when that happens to me, 
occasionally I'll just kill off someone else. So that explains <laughs> the second body. <laughs> you know, I just had to, I had to perk up the action somehow and it wasn't perking itself up. I, I'm not an outliner. So I just follow my characters around and write down what they do. And um, they weren't, they weren't doing enough. So I decided to kill off somebody else and why not make it her twin? Why not? And, and why of course not? You, you tied it back into that cold case. So all all of you fellow cold case fans, yes, cozy mysteries are for you too. Your country store cozies are set in Indiana, but you also write a cozy series, The Cozy Capers Book Group Mysteries, which is set on Cape Cod. So how does Christmas in Indiana differ, for, differ from Christmas on the Cape? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't yet written a Cape Cod Christmas book, although uh, Murder in a Cape Cottage is book four, and that'll be out uh, next fall. And it takes place beginning the day after Christmas. Um, well, let's see. I mean, the, the Cape being coastal can be sometimes less snowy, less, um, a little more moderate um, because the ocean moderates the temperature. And on the other hand, Southern Indiana isn't as cold as farther north in the Midwest. You know, uh, Mac, Mac Almeida on the, on the Cape doesn't own a restaurant and she can close her bike shop after Christmas for a week because there isn't that much demand for rental bicycles or retail after Christmas. Um, so she, she takes the week off. Actually, if I might mention it, <laughs> murder in a Cape Cottage involves another cold case. So she and her boyfriend, Tim, are breaking down um, the back wall of a closet. They're going to make a, uh, uh, they're going to add a bathroom downstairs to his cottage so they can have a suite. And they find a skeleton in the walls that's 90 years old. So we have another cold case in another part of the country. One of my mysteries. I think you're starting a, a cold case cozies as a new subgenre of cozy. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Now, speaking of, of differences, writing a mystery centered around a holiday like Christmas is different from a mystery that, you know, centers around just during some random week in August. So how did you, you choose Christmas as, as a backdrop for your candy slaying murder? You know, I actually, um, this Candy Slane murder takes place, I think, 10 months, nine or 10 months after the, the book before it in the series, Nacho Average Murder. And I try to put them usually, you know, two or three or four months apart in book time. But I had asked my editor at Kensington, I told him I wanted to do a Christmas book. I thought that'd be fun. And he said, sure. And then I forgot all about it. And I pitched book um, eight, this book, uh, to take place in the spring because book seven takes place in February. And he said, you told me you wanted to write a Christmas book and it's already on the schedule. I went, okay, I'll <laughs> write a Christmas. It's a great idea. So he just scooted around and Southlake didn't have a murder for almost a year, imagine. Um, but it's fun. I mean, I, people really love reading Christmas books, and I like the holiday. I love baking cookies. I, you know, I put up, I'm a little late, later than some people, but I put up a lot of my interior decorations yesterday um, in my house. 
So I just think it's a kind of iconic holiday that's fun to write about. And and I agree with you. I, I think you're absolutely right that people love Christmas mysteries. In fact, in the introduction to A Surprise for Christmas and Other Seasonal Mysteries, Martin Edwards writes that in recent years, bookshop shelves have overflowed with Christmas mysteries that are covers blanketed with enough snow to cover a multitude of criminal sins. So mm-hmm. why do you think Christmas mysteries are so popular? You know, it's a time, typically, traditionally, when families gather. And people are, most many people want to like find the right gift for someone they love show their love that way. Um, it's food centered. There are often, you know, traditional meals, depending on your family, if you have ham or if you have turkey or if you have tamales or if you have the fish feast of seven fishes, um, depending on your background. Um, you know, it's also a time. So I actually was looking for Hanukkah-based mysteries um, last year sometime. I was writing an article, and um, there aren't many new ones. There are a few in the past, but, you know, it's for no matter what your, there's, um, you know, Kwanzaa, no matter what your sort of traditions, there's something to celebrate um, in December, usually. Um, So I think people just have a, a lot of people have sort of an idealized notion of it. And like in New England, right? My little town here in the Northeast corner of Massachusetts, they put up this big tree downtown and they add the lights and Santa comes at the end of the Christmas parade and lights it. And then we got a half an inch of snow and it's absolutely beautiful, you know? And I think people think of that, whether their actual Christmas is fraught with problems with relatives or not enough money to buy those gifts that you want to or whatever you know christmas has a lot of problems too but um i think people have kind of an idealized idealized kind of warm and cozy feeling about it cozy (laughs) maybe maybe the cozy mystery adds just enough of that not so cozy twist to kind of maybe reassure them if their own lives their own holidays aren't aren't as idealized as a hallmark movie that could be. That could be. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you, you mentioned some of the, the food traditions, actually, including one that I'm not familiar of, the Feast of the Seven Fishes. What's that one about? Yeah, that's a that's an Italian tradition um, that there's a lot of Italians in Massachusetts, in the Boston area and north. And um, you just they make things that feature seven, seven different kinds of seafood. Um, I don't my family never practiced that i'm a southern californian with irish and scottish roots and but i know people who do um or somebody was talking about they were just going to do five fishes because they wanted to simplify (laughs) it um and then you know i think it's a latino or a mexican tradition to make tamales make tamales lots of tamales for um for christmas and as a Southern Californian, I love tamales. That's one of my comfort foods. I don't, I've never made them from scratch, but uh, hand me one and I'll eat it <laughs> Christmas or any other time. I've, I've never made them, but uh, when I lived in Texas, a lot of the churches would sell uh, tamales uh, for Christmas. So I'd always uh, buy a, a nice uh, bag or two to have in my freezer so that I could, I could enjoy those. 
Yeah, yeah. And my daughter-in-law is Jewish. So there have been times when Hanukkah overlapped Christmas when they were here or Thanksgiving. Um, you know, when I would try to find a few, you know, treats and we would make, um, um, oh, latkes. I, I was wondering if I was going to say lattes, latkes, you know, the, oh, the, potato, the potato pancakes, pancakes. <laughs> potato pancakes and hamiltashen are these really nice little like pastries. Um, so that I, you know, any tradition involving food is great. And of course, one of the most popular aspects of culinary cozies in particular is the food. Uh, so uh, did selecting recipes for a Christmas theme cozy differ from your process for selecting them for cozies not centered around the holiday? Oh, sure. Um, let's see. In this, in this book, I have gingerbread people and I have a man and a woman. So I don't make just gingerbread men and uh, sugar cookies cut out with a holly, a holly cookie cutter. And um, I have peppermint mocha, peppermint, I'm just gonna find it, it's right, peppermint mocha muffins, yes, um, which are very tasty. Um, so I, yeah, I try to find Christmas themed. I have a Christmas novella in a collection called Christmas Cocoa Murder that came out the year before. And in that I included my mother's, um, my mother's and my grandmother's Mexican bride cakes cookie recipe and um, eggnog oatmeal, which is surprisingly delicious. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm just trying to picture that. It's like I, I can imagine eggnog and oh wait, wait. Do you add the eggnog to the oatmeal and eat it with the spoon? You cook it in the eggnog. So instead of like cooking oatmeal in water, you heat up the eggnog oh. and you cook the oatmeal in the eggnog. It's, and you add some nutmeg. It's just okay. Rich, so it's a, a breakfast cereal for breakfast for me, actually. But it's <laughs> okay. very, very tasty. I admit, I was trying to imagine how you would drink that, but no, I absolutely no, understand now. No. You make the oatmeal with the eggnog instead of water, which actually yeah. does sound very good. Yeah, yeah, it is good. It's very good. Um, and I guess if you didn't have it for breakfast, you could accompany it with an eggnog with maybe a little brandy or bourbon added to it. Of course, you can have it as a an afternoon snack with a little bourbon in it. Yeah, or you could have that for breakfast. I won't judge. Right, right, right. And what what are some of your other favorite Christmas recipes? Well, I usually make five kinds of cookies that were all traditional that my mother made, and they come, the recipes come from both my grandmothers. So. English butter cookies, sugar cookies, and those are rolled out and cut out with Christmas cookie cutters and sprinkled with red and green sugars. Um, we didn't frost Christmas cookies in my house. We use colored sugars probably because it's easier. Uh, the gingerbread people. Um, re one my mother called refrigerator cookies, which is uh, kind of a sugar cookie dough, but you, you roll it in a log and then you freeze it or refrigerate it, and then you cut off slices so they're just round. But what my mother would do at Christmas is <clears throat> make half the dough green and half the dough red with food dye and roll one on top of the other flat and then roll it up in a log. So then when you cut it, there are a spiral of red and green. Those are, those are really nice. And she also made spritz cookies with the, the cookie press and you would press out and that's kind of, there's a very tricky kind of 
pressure and mechanical thing you have to do, but those have their own, oh, really special flavor. They're, they're more delicate. And I sometimes I make fudge and sometimes I make rum balls. So big sweets reduction at Christmas. And this year, I don't have any family coming home. All I have is my Hugh and me, but I'm going to make cookies to give away and to send to my son in Puerto Rico and to save for my other son until he gets after Christmas. We have to swap out him and his wife. He and his wife come here for Thanksgiving one year and her family for Christmas that year. And then the next year, they switch it. So I had them for Thanksgiving, but I won't have them for Christmas. Well, you know, I, I'd be happy to give you my address if you're looking for more people to send cookies okay, to. gotcha. <laughs> and I also like making uh, very rich um, cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. Um, but sometimes I'll make uh, like a um, little, little light little turnovers with, you know, some like apricot jam or blueberry jam inside or apples, applesauce. You, for Christmas you sound morning, like- yeah. You sound like you have a very, very tasty, delicious Christmas. I do. Well, I do very much. It's, yeah. And and it's not like you you've put some of that that tasty Christmas deliciousness in in your novels. Uh, have any of your other holiday traditions made it into your stories? Um. Let's see. Well, I just sent in a St. Patrick's Day mystery, which is country store number eleven. And it's called Four Leaf Cleaver. Um, and I am sort of half Irish, but I don't really have traditions, except I do like to make soda bread and, you know, beef stew or something. Um, and I have not written a Thanksgiving book. Huh. I think I'll put that on the list. I'd like there to you do go. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, be, be and, more, more recipes for readers to look forward to. Yeah. The book... The country store number 10 comes out at the end of February. It's called Batter Off Dead. And it includes my uh, oldest sister's recipe for, um, she makes something called snickerdoodle cookies. Mm. And so it takes place right after the 4th of July. And so I called them Yankee doodles or something like that. So they have red, (laughs) red red, white, and blue sprinkles on them. But I use my sister Barbara's recipe. You know, I, I am I am a cookie fan, I will admit. And I think I've said yum and mmm more during this interview than any other <laughs> interview I've done. You bake cookies for Christmas? Um, I eat cookies for Christmas. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine, too. Um, I can't. And, and my mom, well, she doesn't so much anymore now that, you know, folks are, are grown up. But she used to bake a lot of, uh, between her and my grandma and my aunt, we had enough, uh, you know, sugars to um, set off more than one uh, glucometer on, on the <laughs> overload setting. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, I grew up eating lots of cookies and I, I can bake them, but I find it's much easier to um, eat the work of others. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Nothing wrong so, with that. No, so I don't have to clean up. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, where can uh, readers buy a copy of Candy Slain Murder or uh, one of your other mysteries if they're looking for something to, uh, you know, put in the Christmas stockings and around the tree other than, than cookies and, and peppermint? Sure. Well, wherever books are sold is what I usually say. But um, 
If they want to order the books from Jabberwocky Books in Newburyport, Massachusetts, it's in the next town. It's my local independent bookstore. And if someone would like a book personalized, indoor signed and personalized Merry Christmas, Josie, um, let the store know. They'll call me and I'll run over and sign it. So that's a great way to have a little personalization of, of any of my books. Yeah, so Jabberwocky Books in Newburyport, Massachusetts. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. It's probably jabberwockybooks.com, but I can't go look for it right now. Um, and, and all of my books are listed at edithmaxwell.com, mine and Maddie Day's. Um, uh, so you can find everything I've written on my website, <laughs> descriptions of pictures and links. Um, and on your Facebook page as well, correct? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I have recently merged my Edith Maxwell author page over with my Maddie Day author page. So okay. there, there's just one place now. Okay, and I'll, I'll put links for where uh, people can find you as well as a link to the uh, Jabberwocky Books bookstore in the, in the show notes for the episode. Awesome, thank you, great, great. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today, Edith, and to share your, your cookie memories with me. Oh, it's been really lovely. I wish we could do this in person, but maybe we will in the spring. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas to you and happy holidays to all your listeners. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. Edith Maxwell, who also writes as Maddie Day, joined me to chat about Candy Slane Murder, her Christmas country store cozy. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye.